Welcome to a single serving podcast. This is where we change the discussion around being single into one that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I'm a writer and freelancer based in Brooklyn, and I've been single for 11 years. Whenever I see content for single women online, it's about dating, how to date, where to date, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I think we deserve more than that. So on this podcast, it's my goal to expand what we talk about when we talk about being single and acknowledge the realities of it that non-single people don't get to see. I'll be joined every week by guests and we'll talk about the positives, the negatives, and all the parts in between, and hopefully laugh about them too. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi guys, I am so happy to be podcasting with you today. I think you're really going to like today's discussion with Britt Stevens. She is the celebrity and entertainment director at Pop Sugar, and I've been following her on Instagram for a while, and I think she's a really positive and um, inspiring voice in the single space, and so I'm happy to be chatting with her. But before I get to that, I wanted to give a very special hello to my friend, Emily Pfeiffer. Emily listens to this podcast every week, and she doesn't have to because she's not in my target market, but she is a very, very dear friend of mine. She lives in Los Angeles, and I live in Brooklyn, and we both used to live in Chicago, and I miss her very much. I miss seeing her all the time, and it makes me very happy that she always listens to this podcast. It means a lot to me. Um, And if you happen to live in LA, Emily owns a restaurant called Botanica in Silver Lake, and it is so good. I love it. I once went there three times in one weekend, if you need any kind of support for that decision. Um, So you should go check it out because Emily's amazing and so is her restaurant. And um, thank you, Emily, for always listening to my podcast and supporting me. I love you. Now, if you have not yet left a rating or a review for this podcast, um, it would be awesome if you would do that. It means a lot to podcasters who create these things and it helps us get in front of more people and I guess more ears. What's the, what's the, not more eyes, more ears for sure. Um, it really helps the podcast grow. And if you have a second to leave a rating or a review, that would mean a lot to me. Thank you. And make sure that you join the Facebook group because there are almost, I don't know, 660 people in the Facebook group talking to each other and supporting each other all the time. It's a really beautiful thing to see actually. And I'm really happy that that is continuing to grow. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. I love making this podcast for you, and I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Britt. So about three minutes ago, I apologized to my guest because I might be pausing our conversation to watch the moon rise in a few minutes. I'm recording this on Friday, September 13th. You are listening to it just a little bit later because the magic of podcasting requires a scheduling dance, but... I'm very excited to be joined today by Britt Stevens because one of the joys of my life is that I get to enjoy people's content on the internet and then bring them on my podcast. I don't know whose sitcom life I'm living, but I'll take it. So welcome, Britt, to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This is so exciting. No one ever asked me to do stuff like this. Um, I do because I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and um. The reason that I like following your content, I hate that sounds so fucking pretentious. However, it's, (laughs) I talk to, I mean, what else do you call it? Like my, yeah, it's like my life, my, I guess, yeah, our lives are content now. We just have to get used to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And yours absolutely glows in a really positive, this is not me blowing smoke up your ass, by the way. It, It generally like glows in a positive way and feels like it's on an upbeat that I really like seeing. And I don't see a lot of that coming from single women. There tends to be this, um, 
there's there's kind of like a what is the word I'm looking for like a filter filter is a perfect word for this actually. yeah yeah like yes. a filter of um that sort of like like negativity in the back of the mind maybe not overt negativity but like that undertone and that's yeah. totally fine because this can be a frustrating life but I don't see that in yours I see um I see just a a lot of good coming through in your like life that you're showing us on Instagram so I mean I I love to hear that I love that that's what it looks like I would say for the most part well first of all you know let me you know introduce myself oh my god yeah who are you let's start there Uh, who am I I mean it's that that's what a great existential question um (laughs) I'm so I'm Brit I'm almost 34 uh I have a uh Libra sun Scorpio moon and rising um yeah I do too yeah oh I mean, this that could be its own episode. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm a writer and a content director at Pop Sugar um, in San Francisco. I lead the celebrity and entertainment sites. Um, I have a dog. Um, her name is Carrie Bradshaw. Um, which the fun fact is that I am a massive Sex and the City fan, but that was actually her name when I rescued her. So I love to throw that in for people because everyone assumes I named her Carrie Bradshaw. But the better, more cosmic part of the story is that that was already her name. What a beautiful, beautiful coincidence. So whenever, you know, whenever I kind of have these feelings in life where I'm like, God, nothing like magical or like cool happens. I think about that and it uh, it makes me feel better, you know, because you're like, oh, those those little like happenstance kind of moments can happen. But um, but anyway, back to back to instagram uh i guess i think in general i'm glad to hear that it uh comes off in a very positive way because i think for the most part i i definitely feel positive about being single and i have for a while and i mean i don't ever i don't really talk about being single in general it's just to me it's not it's not like a part of my identity at least you know I don't think of it that way it just is you know what it is yeah so so yeah I mean I think that's just kind of how I've always moved through life and that's you know for better or for worse that's what the content reflects I guess. yeah absolutely I yeah. the day that I started writing the email to you to ask you to be on this podcast you were like standing near a river with a beer in your hand and a swimsuit on and I was like you know what this is this is going to happen. This is this is what's going to go down. That was River Day. Yeah. Um, I love a good river float. I did that this summer, too. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah. A lot of fun. We've done it newly a couple times. And, and yeah, I really like it. Very relaxing. I'm trying to have more of those, like, kind of adventure moments, especially, you know, I've been in San Francisco for nine years. And, I, you know, I'm sure it's the same in New York. It's like there's always something to do. There's always something new happening to do. And I'm like, you know, trying to keep up feels, uh, you know, exhausting sometimes, but I'm trying to like have more, you know, fun adventures and do more fun things like that. I like slow fun also. Same. Like very Very chill, slow fun. There's, there's not enough of that happening. And there is for sure inherent pressure, I think, especially in bigger cities, like to do everything and to take advantage of every second that you're there. there. Do you have this in San Francisco, but there's kind of this notion that, if you live in New York or Brooklyn, it's temporary. I don't think any of us think we're going to be here yeah. forever. Like, who's going to pay this rent until they're 60? Like, really? 
Right. I mean, I do think there's, there is a sense of that in San Francisco, but there are also like, I know a lot of people who grew up here and, you know, are still here and like, don't really have plans to leave. And so it's like, I'm not, cause it is so great to live here. I mean, it's definitely, I plan on saying as long as I can afford it, I kind of always say, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also don't, it's like, what's my alternative? I'm going to, we I was talking to a friend about it the other day and it's like, we complain so much about, you know, housing and, and it's like, well, what are we at? We're not actually going to like move to, you know, Nebraska or whatever. Like no one, we're not all going to actually do that. So what's our other alternative? Yeah. Like, like what's the point in, you know, yeah. Right. Like, it, cause it's a choice. Like I'm not going to walk around talking about how much my rent is because the cho- I chose to, you know, live here in a very expensive city. I chose to live on my own. Like I absolutely could have saved money and gotten roommates, but I'm not that girl. So, uh, so yeah, it's like you kind of have those moments of, and, you know, to the socializing thing, I think I'm very much like a homebody and I love, you know, I think part of the uh, excitement of socializing is that feeling of like, I know I'm going to go home and, and there's not going to be anyone else there <laughs> and I can kind of, you know, re uh, decompress and, and kind of like, um, re-energized from being at home by myself. I, lo- I love having friends over and then I love that moment that they leave and I'm like, oh, that was so fun. You know, it's yeah. like, I, not that I'm, not that you're glad people left, but you're like, ah, like you can just kind of reflect on it. And so, <laughs> so I, I do think that it has been like harder for me to get out and do the social stuff because I do love being at home. And of course, you know, you have to get your money's worth when you're paying when you're paying crazy rent sometimes, oh you know, God. it's like, I, I at least want to love where I live and love being at home. But, um, but yeah, I've kind of been ebbing and flowing with the social thing um, lately. Same. And especially when it comes to socializing with other single women, because I feel like my, uh, I guess, quote unquote, like type of single is, sometimes different from other single women's type of single. And, you know, none of it is bad. It doesn't make anyone a bad person, but I've kind of never been the like, let's go out and meet dudes girl. Like, and, and so I sometimes don't always vibe with like the energy of, of, you know, going out and meeting dudes. Like that just can't be my um, MO, I guess. Your vibe is very different. I mean, I've talked to a shitload of single women and I love all of their perspectives equally, but I will say in my, in my experience, in my life, your energy around it is very different from what I'm used to. I think my energy with it has changed to become more of what I see from you, but it wasn't always that way at all. There had to be like a shift and a change to get there. So I like talking to someone who's sort of like always carried this this energy about being single that you have. I think it's, I think it's really fascinating and very inspiring because it's like, if I didn't run this podcast, if I didn't write a column about the same topic, I wouldn't give a shit. About the fact that I'm right. single. It's like right. a non-issue, yeah. Yeah. but because I want to work in the space and I want to like bring single women together and I want to discuss things yeah. that are like other than dating, even though I'm about to ask you the dating question just for shits and grins, but um but yeah while I'm thinking about it are you like currently dating are you on any of the apps what are your what are your thoughts on those things no and no I am single from dating um I'm not currently dating I have participated in the app thing but 
you know, and I, I kind of came to this realization. I just can't do it. I don't know what I should do otherwise, but the apps just depress me in a way that I wasn't really expecting them to, you know? Um, but I just, I haven't had much luck with them. To me, it just feels very like job interviewee. I feel like, you know, people kind of use that digital distance as an excuse to like say or do things that they probably wouldn't if they met you in person at like a bar or an event. And, you know, even though I'm a writer, I, I don't like giving people too much time to like craft a witty response to messages, even though, (laughs) (laughs) even though it feels like nobody meets in person anymore, I, I would, I would still prefer to feel that initial spark with someone in real life. That's just me. But I, I then realized that that would mean me putting myself out there, which is just as exhausting to me as being on the app. So I'm at a bit of a crossroads. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm just like, I guess to me, the app didn't, my idea of the app is like, they're supposed to make things easier for people, right? Like the problem is that, okay, no one meets in person anymore. You know, guys are too chicken shit to go up to women or whatever. And so it's supposed to alleviate, alleviate that. But for me, it hasn't made the experience any better, I guess. And so I haven't really had an experience to be like, oh, yes, this, you know, seems to be a more productive way of going about it. Um, so that's kind of where I am with that. And, you know, not to say that I won't try it again. I think like a lot of single women, you do those kind of, you know, you're on them and then you delete them and then you kind of like check in and then you delete them. But um, so, you know, I have no business saying that that won't happen again, um, especially as they're like creating more and more of, of them. But as it stands right now, it's just like, it's not really for me. And I, and, you know, I was talking to friends the other day, I don't hear the most glowing reviews from other people either. So that's why I'm like, I, it doesn't sound like there's any reason for me to be going in that direction right now. Not a lot of incentive coming from the ether. I mean, I'm contributing to that horrifying ether because I'm like, delete your dating (laughs) apps immediately. I think if I had like an investor who was like, Shaney, I want to give you all the dollars. What would you do with it? I would create... I hesitate to call it a nightclub. Let's just call it a bar because it's a term we know well. I would create a bar where your admission is your phone and I lock it up. And the theme of the bar is the 1990s, which are inarguably the best 10 years that ever happened to us. And like no phones, 90s music, like full on bartenders in very dirty plaid. And like you have to communicate with each other in person and really like... I just, I want to observe it like an anthropologist. Like I want to see people coming mm-hmm. up to each other in the wild again. Absolutely. I, so I've been rewatching Sex in the City for the first time, like being at the age that the characters are, which has been fascinating. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And, you know, I did an interview recently with um, the authors of this book, We Should All Be Mirandas. I think, yeah. you know, the sex, every, yeah. everybody, uh, yeah, every outfit on Sex in the City. So I interviewed them and we were kind of talking about the dating scene and how different it is obviously from the show, which was set in the nineties and, you know, watching the scenes where they're out at bars and men are coming up to them. I mean, keep in mind the men are like not, you know, as handsome as we maybe thought they were, but it just seems so refreshing. And you're like, Oh yeah, that happened. And then you, I kind of go down this rabbit hole of like, my parents met in a bar. I mean, my parents are divorced. So it's not the best example, but it's like my parents met in a bar. So they obviously like, 
this obviously was like a uh, viable thing yes um back at one point but yes i'm with the bar idea i think we can even take it a step further like let's go back to getting um like home answering machines because one of the big things on this on sex in the city is you know they're always like waiting for a call from a guy and they don't have cell phones so they're just like god i hope he leaves a message and you know you're on a pay phone calling to check your machine and i'm just like let, why let's go back to it like i kind of it's you so know vintage. it's like i'm it's so vintage and it's like most of us i mean in my case i'm staying at home most friday nights anyway it's like there's something kind of nostalgic about waiting by like an actual phone yeah to me and then answering machine I just finished rewatching. I'm, um, I'm into it too. There's a part yeah. of Bring It On. I just finished rewatching Bring It On, and uh, Kirsten Dunst's character. I saw this on your Instagram story. Yeah, she's I like, where she almost drops the phone and she catches it because it has a yeah. cord. It's just like that's. I felt that in every part of my body. It was so funny. There's also. Right. I like how, like, how on the cusp of like pre dating app life, Sex in the City was the. For me, the funniest moment that happened in that show in its entire run was the first time that Carrie got an IM and she's like, oh, my God, can he see me? I was pissing myself. It was the funniest shit ever because she's such a Luddite anyway. But it's like, holy shit, that was classic. So right. And then and and I love that they positioned, you know, Miranda was kind of very technologically savvy um, and she was like, you need to get a fucking cell phone. I remember she like. She was, she was, they were supposed to meet up for a drink and she's like, I've been sitting here, get a fucking cell phone. And I just love how they, you know, she was so, you know, kind of an idiot about technology. And I love that they like just ragged on her about it. Shoe gal, I remember with her AOL. Oh screen my name. God, shoe gal. Yeah, uh, shoe gal. The nostalgia. It's so funny to me that, that there's so much nostalgia about. That, I mean, this could be the whole episode, but I do have, like, actual questions that I, I want to ask you. Okay, let's do it. With any remaining time, we will go episode by episode. So <laughs> I asked you to be on the podcast for a variety of reasons. The first one we discussed, which is this, like, glowing positivity from your Instagram, and I highly encourage all of you to follow her, and I will link to her Instagram in the show notes. Don't you worry. The next one is... So you can see what I'm wearing right now. I'm actually dressed to match my apartment in Tim Burton style black and white stripes because I've already decorated for Halloween because I'm a lunatic. But um, I love that. <laughs> I actually do match the I house. Love- if I could turn my whole like podcast setup around, I would show you. But um, so you have this ability to wear everything that I want to wear only successfully. Most notably, hats, earrings, and lipstick. Is there anything glaring that I might be doing wrong apart from having an oddly shaped head and misapplying or like, do I just need to get over it and practice more? Well, here's like the ugly truth. First of all, thank you very much. The ugly truth behind all of it is so I will say I feel very blessed to come from a long line of like hat heads and accessory lovers um, in my family on both sides of my family. Um, and, you know, I'm starting to learn that I think it, it could just be like a cultural thing. You know, I grew up with, you know, black grandmothers and aunts and great aunts that just, you know, were amazing women wearing these, you know, amazing hats, sometimes horrible hats um, <laughs> and loving them and, you know, costume jewelry and bags. And I remember vividly, I've just grown up, you know, with my mom putting kind of crazy hats 
on me, you know, it's like Easter or what, you know, picture day or whatever. I love it. I fully did like the blossom style, like hats and everything. So, (laughs) but I, I, so I think it's been ingrained in me. Like I just grew up loving hats and loving how they can just kind of transform an outfit. You can be wearing a t-shirt and jeans or like the most basic of dresses and you throw a hat on or a pair of big earrings. And suddenly you just kind of look like you have your shit together a little more. And I think if anything, my love of accessories allows me to like be lazier about my outfit. So I really, I love that because there are some days where, you know, I'm just like, want to wear a t-shirt and jeans. And I'm like, Oh, but if I wear this kind of wide brim hat, then it's like a look or, you know, with the, and then on the lipstick thing. So this, it took me a very long time to feel comfortable wearing this lipstick. Um, You know, in high school and college, I, it like pains me to say this now, but I thought my lips were too big because, you know, European beauty standards. Um, And I could, I could slap myself now thinking about that. But anyway, I, I have, grown and uh you know gotten more comfortable with a lipstick moment usually again when I'm lazy about my outfit um because you can kind of just like throw on a lip I love like a nude lip too even um especially yeah so to me it just kind of like pumps up the look there's a lot of reasons I'm excited to be done with Invisalign but mostly I can't wait to wear red lipstick again because (laughs) no you're kind of like you're kind of um you know warned against it because it just can get really messy so i'm looking forward to that day but yes i i think it yeah i think the accessory thing is something i've just always you know grown up with and and it's i to me i think that you just find like one hat or one lipstick shade that you really love on yourself and then maybe that's your only hat and lipstick shade you know what i mean but as long as you feel comfortable and I feel sometimes even I with fashion, it's like you kind of convince yourself that you if you uh, wear lipstick, then you're like, oh, well, I got to get all these shades. Or if I wear hats, like now I guess I'm a hat girl and I got to get a baseball cap and this hat. And (laughs) no, it's like maybe you just, you know, you have your one hat that you wear. And and I mean, also, we have to talk about like the sun protection and, you know, the other benefits of hats. So, of course, the the main hat that I'm talking about with you is akin to what Julia Roberts character Vivian wore in Pretty Woman. It's like the, you know what I'm talking about, like the pre-Richard so, Gere, like what yeah. is that style of hat called? Like a wide brim, um, like a, gosh. Like a newsboy cap, hat. but like a posher version. Oh, yes, the um, the Baker Boy cap. Oh, okay. That's what it's called now. So yeah. I can Google that and buy it on ASOS and try. That's exactly where I got mine, eh? Holy shit. That is- ASOS is kind of my go-to for the more like trend forward hats where I'm like, I'm not going to go spend, you know, I love like the Eugenia Eugenia Kim hats and those beautiful hats that I see on ShopUp anymore or all the time. But I'm like, I just, I, there are some accessories like sunglasses, same with sunglasses. Like I just can't allow myself to spend a certain amount of money on stuff that I know I can't like trust myself to keep um, nice. If there's potential so, to leave it in the back of an Uber, I spend very little money on it. I would rather spend a lot on a dress because I'm not leaving that anywhere. Exactly. But like sunglasses, exactly. I get them from Flying Tiger for eight dollars. Like, 
There you go. Yeah. So, but I, I actually do advocate for spending a little bit of money on lipstick. I have one color that I will leave the house in and it's a Charlotte Tilbury lipstick. Mm-hmm. And like, it's oh. the only color I've ever worn that I felt comfortable in, but she it was 28 bucks yeah. or something like that. But she knows what she's doing. The third reason <laughs> that I wanted to talk to you on this podcast has a lot to do with um, your line of work. And that is, I don't know, like anything about celebrity culture and it's it's my fault because I used to and I used to be thoroughly entertained by it and then I just like you see one too many pictures of Ariana Grande and I think it's the fact that her hair won't change styles and I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out I'm gonna walk away and when I need to come back somebody will tell me so I I like your grasp on celebrity culture I think what I'm most because this is what you do for a living, I think I'm most interested in like, like how, what is it about this culture and this world that excites you and that, that makes you excited to go to work every day? So first of all, I just have to say, I love that that's kind of what did it for you was Ariana Grande, just like not changing her ponytail. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, I kind of stopped reading tabloids after Princess Diana was killed or whatever. And you're just like, you know why? You know what my breaking point was? Ariana Grande's ponytail. And I just love that everyone kind of has a breaking point. I think that is with pop culture and even doing it as a job. Like there are times where I'm like, okay, I got to mix it up and, you know, maybe read the actual quote unquote real news, which we hear all the time that celebrity news can't be. But I think for me, like the pop culture thing, again, much like, much like hats was just something that, from a young age, I've just always been obsessed with. And it's funny that, you know, I don't know if anyone's actually asked me like why. Um, And I think there's a mix of a being like borderline raised on television. Um, I think, you know, just always loving TV, always loving music and just really being fascinated by not so, I, not so much fame because I definitely like would never want to be famous. Um, but I don't know, just the whole, just the whole culture, just, you know, and not even just media, but, you know, looking at like fashion trends and kind of like we were talking about sex in the city and like the cyclical nature of everything, whether it's <clears throat> TV trends, like now we're seeing all these reboot reboots, which personally drive me nuts Same, um, but because they're never good i'm sorry have you seen a good one yet because i have not so the only one that i can say that i've enjoyed was um chilling adventures of sabrina and that's literally because it's nothing like the original i think that you know it's in a totally, I, I would agree with that yeah it's in a totally different vein and it's darker and of course the, the story is the same the characters are the same but i think that is one that i enjoy that i think i was probably going to enjoy regardless but yeah the the other reboots I and I've written about it before like I think there's a uh there's a feeling there of not being able to let go (laughs) of the past and to me I I I'm like maybe we could put that money into like getting those shows back on Netflix or or Hulu or whatever and then people can relive it in the actual way um then you know, having to kind of be sad watching Uncle Jesse, like, oh. still trying to, you know? So, anyway, there are parts of it that can get a little depressing, but 
<clears throat> I think for me, I just always love that kind of trend, fast pace. Like before I was working at Pop Sugar, I was actually working in fashion in LA and, you know, that kind of just the, the trends and things coming back. And I've always just been very fascinated with the, our like cultural fascination with things like that. I, I feel like I, I love watching all those shows that they do like the CNN docuseries about like the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. And, you know, my sister and I were obsessed with those. Like I love the nineties shows. Just Ugh. all of it is, is, always been really fun for me um so job wise it just obviously seems like a natural fit and you know again there are definitely some moments where you know someone will be huge and I'm just like okay I'm I'm I need a break from this person yeah um just this person just being out and doing so many things um but overall it's it's really fun because just like the trends change and just like people's interests um, change, it's fun to kind of keep up with that, at least for me. Um, you know, the, that moment where it's like, okay, you know, it seems like readers have um, had their fill of, you know, Kim Kardashian. So maybe we pause on Kim Kardashian for a bit until people, until she does something else that people can like, Hate, click on or and whatever like, in the meantime will irrationally hate Meghan Markle for no fucking reason no. I mean I was actually hoping you wouldn't bring up Meghan Markle because that again is a different episode but yes you know and I've and I've written about that and and you know just that nature of yeah and all that can also be fascinating too it's like what makes us so like viscerally hate people sometimes especially when it's people that aren't evil you know know. and like as a collective it seems there's this group mentality like i probably blame twitter because it's a hell site from which we will never recover but it's a lot of things it's a lot of things things. yeah yeah i mean but but yeah that all of it is fascinating to me the the fandom the kind of extreme fandom that it seems like we're dealing with right now especially with like musicians and you know like um superhero movies and things that get so out of hand and but then there's also this really beautiful thing about you know I think about when I was in middle school and obsessed with Britney Spears and you know taught myself html so I could build my own Britney Spears fan site I mean who yeah so I think about those those things about the internet and how it can be great for connecting and so I see the value in like things like Instagram and Twitter where celebrities are able to kind of like connect with their with their fans like you know I I used to write fan letters to Mariah Carey and if I knew when I was like 11 or 12 that one day I could like tweet at Mariah Carey and maybe she'd tweet me back or like my tweet or you know that would have blown my mind it kind of still does so I love when the wall comes down between the celebrity and the individual. And I I credit Scandal with a lot of that, actually, because the Scandal cast was the first cast that I knew of that live tweeted their own show as themselves, not in character or anything. I think it contributed to the success of the show. And I think that it also helped break down walls between celebrities and their fans. There's no reason for them. And I think they must be seeing that like Instagram fame that have bigger follower counts than like actual celebrities they're really connecting with people. And if celebrities don't like hop on that bandwagon, they're going to be missing out on opportunity. 
It's, it's so true. Like I think about it all the time. So one of my kind of forever just life icons is Kate Moss. And I think, you know, she's always been this enigma who was famous for never doing interviews and, you know, wanted to be just this, this face. Like she was totally fine being like the pretty face. Like you don't need to hear my thoughts. You don't need to hear what I'm going through. And I, I've always loved that as much as I've loved you know, pop culture. I, I love those people that are kind of like, no, I'm actually, these are my boundaries. And then you've seen her now, you know, be, she doesn't, she still doesn't like have her own like Kate Moss Instagram. I'm sure she has a private one. I know she has a private one, but you know, she's kind of like slowly getting out there and, you know, you see her doing interviews. Of course they're high caliber, you know, she's talking to British Vogue. Um, but you know, kind of seeing that evolution and seeing how people can, you know, put their foot in and still have that, you know, still have that kind of um, wall, but it's like partially down where they're able to kind of connect with fans in a different way, but still not put it all out there. So it's interesting to me, the celebrities that are, you know, someone who I, I love Chrissy Teigen for even like the opposite thing, right? Like the fact that she is so candid and kind of put so much out there and it's just that to me is a joy while I also love you know someone like Meghan Markle being like yeah I'm actually fine not reading a fucking thing from the internet about me <laughs> and you know I kind of I'm like yeah me too like I'm not reading anything about you negative on the internet either like let's do this together absolutely so, like you, you yeah. kind of can build the world of information around you that you want mm -hmm. it's it's really absolutely. up to us how much we participate in this shit and how much we don't right and that's yeah, I'm not something I kind of have been thinking more about like my own role just in social media. How much do I want to share and kind of going back to, you know, kind of my dating like I just, it's just not something that to me is even like interesting for Instagram, if that makes sense. Um, I, I don't I barely think it's interesting to like talk about with people in my real life. So. Um, so, yeah. I but, agree with you. It's yeah. I was asked recently, like, would I put a relationship online if and when that happened? When that happens. Let's go ahead and say when we can. We can yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I would acknowledge it, but I I find personal discomfort in displaying it. It's Thanks. almost like the modern day version of getting your boyfriend's name tattooed on your body. It's like almost cursing it to end. You know what I mean? It's like I, I feel that. I'm, I very much feel that. And yes, because there is a level of like, for me, I think it stems from a level of like, not wanting to, um, like, uh, being kind of superstitious, like not wanting to, like, if I acknowledge something too much, then I risk losing it. Like, yeah. I don't want to curse this. Um, what, what, the, what is the word that I'm thinking of? There's like a specific word, like you don't want to jinx. Jinx. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. It's been one of those weeks, but yeah, it's like, I think it stems from that place, which, you know, I know a lot of friends that are the same way. They're like, and my friends for me have always joked that it's like, yeah, we'll find out that you got married, like, after the fact, you know? <laughs> and I'll, I'll be like, yeah, like, I'll post my divorce announcement and then people will be like, you were married? <laughs> that, or I actually, I saw a meme recently that, that this is kind of like, uh, kind of goes along with some of my, like, dating jinx. Uh, fears is like I saw a meme that was like you know about saving your boyfriend's number to your phone like while you're at the altar 
like kind of being like, okay, I guess now I'll save your number. <laughs> oh God, so what does that me. say about the year of our Beyonce 2019 that these are the jokes we're making? It's so crazy I mean, to me. I don't know, but I, I don't, I'm not a number saver. Like I'm like, we basically have to be married for me to say, put what your name in my phone. No. I don't know. There's just too much. Cause then I have to delete your number and then that's like extra energy on my end. So, but there's a good Marie Kondo moment in going through your phone and deleting everyone that you saved as like guy from X place or like Tinder dude, a B or C like getting rid of all of that, clearing all of that away oh, from yeah. it. It feels absolutely fucking incredible within. I, mean, I, I wouldn't know. Cause I don't save those numbers in the first place. It's you know, so they're smart. all numbers. It is so smart. It could be, it could be an, uh, you know, I could get a text and it could be like my Uber driver telling me I left my hat in the backseat. Like I don't, <laughs> who is this? I have no shame by the way, in asking who is this? Like it's fine. I don't either. If I, I haven't saved you, I haven't saved you. Let's not lie to one another. Sorry. Like, I'm yeah, not going to. I'll be nice about it. Yeah. Like, I'll just like, hey, I'm sorry. I have, I don't have this number saved. Can you just remind me who this is? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being super upfront and just like saying that. We, we attribute negativity to it where I think none exists. Um, because you have such a, a grounded framework surrounding the celebrity space, I'm very curious to know who your single celebrity icons are and, and what makes them that for you? So I think celebrity wise, my single icon, I, I think is Tracy Ellis Ross. I just love everything about her. Like she's just, she's crazy talented and just so, I mean, you want to talk about glowing positivity. Like she to me is glowing positivity and, you know, she's uh, done really great, you know, talks and speeches about being single and um, childless and coming from this huge family where, you know, all her siblings have kids. And, you know, she's just really carved herself this amazing role as this. And I mean, who even knows if she's comfortable with being this like single woman icon, but I just think for, you know, not only, to see like a, a single woman in her 40s but a single black woman in her 40s just really killing it and um and seeming very unbothered um about her single like she just seems very like it'll happen when it happens um so I just think everything she does and says is so amazing and she's so vibrant and she just you know I think we we overuse the term like living her best life but I really she seems to me like she is you fit in oh, yeah. so well with this podcast. Everyone in the Facebook group is well aware that she is my number one dream guest. Very uh, close in second place for me personally is Chelsea Handler. And I love her. Well, I love yeah. her too. I've loved her since I read her first book and in listening Same. to her most recent uh, or her new podcast is just like reiterating like my very deep seated love for her. But but Tracy has come up many times on this podcast for good reason. And yeah. So I, I posted in the Facebook group yesterday, the day before, like I'm, I had booked a guest that, that they had requested and I was so excited, but I won't tell them because I don't want to ruin the surprise. And they were like, oh my God, it's right. a Tracy Ellis Ross. I'm like, if it was Tracy Ellis Ross, I would be live Facebooking from today until when it went live, just to show you every right. step of my freaked out life. So yeah. yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's always like, also, it's just like a little surreal that I grew up, my mom 
absolutely love the Supremes and played so much Diana Ross when I was growing up. And it was one of the very few musical moments that we could ever have in common because she liked right. 90s country. And now that I'm an adult, I live for 90s country. I'm like obsessed. But as a child, I despised every second, except for when she yeah. would play Motown, specifically the Supremes and Diana Ross. So like her generation loves Diana and our generation loves her daughter. It's a very, it feels like a wonderful, like cross-generational bonding moment. There's it's, that. Yeah, it just feels like the way it should be. <laughs> yes, I agree. That whole family just has such like glowing positive energy. It's like unreal. Yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be the same. How it's going to be like you know us kind of being obsessed with Beyonce, and then the younger generation is going to have Blue Ivy to be obsessed with. And yes. I feel like it's going to be that same dynamic. At least you know I'm hoping for it. But um, I think other other single icons I. I mostly love women who, like, even if they aren't technically single, they still just have that self-sufficient, independent, badass, like, doing whatever the fuck they want energy, like Rihanna, yeah. like Meghan Markle, like, just women who have built lives for themselves and seem like they would be totally fine whether or not they were in a relationship. Um, I feel like Lizzo then, needs to be on the postage stamp for this argument I at mean, this point. Absolutely. Like that is, I, I, you know, her lyrics, obviously, like she's just so open and candid about like the highs and lows. And I love that more singers, especially are, are coming from it or coming, coming at it from that place. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like really refreshing. And especially for, you know, even at work, as we're kind of writing for, younger women who are kind of having their first, I think it's important that we kind of start early and in letting girls know that like, there's not one way to be happy or have a life, um, you know, that where you can sustain yourself. I think personally, my great aunt, my auntie Betty, she never married or had kids. She wore amazing turbans and caftans and she collected dolls from catalogs that we were never allowed to touch the dolls and she traveled and had her own apartment and she was incredible. So I think if we're talking about people I actually know, it would be her. I love that one so much. That's one of my, <laughs> I love the aunt. Everybody has an aunt that is just like that yeah. you hold up in that light that it's a wonderful, I, I hope to be that aunt to my friend's kids I do too. at some point. So yeah. Not, neither or none of the three of my brothers have children. They're all much younger than okay. me. So that probably won't go down for a while. But yeah. all of my friends almost have kids. And I hope to be the auntie that lives yeah. in Brooklyn and loves them. Same. Absolutely. And I feel like it's already starting. Like my friends, with, my friend Laura and I joke, like the first time I went to go to her house to visit her after she had her first son, I, it was raining. And I, I just like threw on this outfit and I had like this leopard fur coat on. And I was like coming in with gifts, you know, from the, the crazy aunt from the city, <laughs> you know, getting dropped off in an Uber with her crazy coat and gifts. And I was just like, and she's like, okay, yeah, like we're, we're doing this. Like yeah. you are the person. And I was like, great. So, you know, again, like if that ends up being me, I'm actually totally fine with that. Also, like what is the, like what's the timestamp on end up? I've always wondered, like, you know, when people say, like, I never got married or I ended up a certain way, like, when does end up start? Because I'm 37 and I feel like I'm cool with end up being right now and there will be another end up later on. It's kind of like a continuum for me. So I I totally agree with you. I I definitely think I have that same um, outlook on it. 
I think especially, you know, the the lesson they're telling us we have less and less time on earth even, right? So I'm like, you know, yeah, the next 12 years, 10 years, whatever they're giving us now, I don't know, it keeps getting shorter and shorter, but I'm I'm kind of fine to just keep doing what I'm doing. Like, I don't have a strategy. I, I've never really had one. I've always had a pretty casual attitude about dating and relationships in, relationship in that it's never been a focus. In fact, one of the major things I've been working on with my therapist, which by the way, shout out to her, she's earning every penny. But one of the things I've been working on is trying to get right with myself about that. Like I've never historically prioritized dating in or relationships um, because it's just not something that comes naturally to me. I've never been like the girl getting dates or being approached. And I've generally just cared way more about, you know, work and building a dope life for myself even even as a kid when I think back and so I'm trying to unpack whatever it is that has convinced me that you know it's not as realistic of a thing for me um but no I'm with you I think the the end up thing is a really interesting topic because I think we use that so much without even Re- or thinking or knowing what it means for us when we even say that. Yeah. And the so, older I get, the more I think about that time frame because I don't, it, the older I get, the more that time frame seems like horseshit. It just seems like completely totally. made up an illusion and totally. it was never real ever. And I feel a little annoyed for ever believing it. Every year, so there, MTV VMA has just happened. And every year around that time, I think of another another icon of mine, Fiona Apple, when she got up on that stage and told me as a 11, 12 year old, when she told me to my face, the world is bullshit. You know, at the time you're just like, what an angry young woman. And then you get older and you're like, what? Like if that wasn't the most accurate thing I've probably ever heard. And you know, more of us, should have listened and heard her out in that moment. She was 19 telling us that the world was bullshit. Fiona was onto something. She was onto everything. And I think that, you know, like you said, those, the timelines especially are just bullshit. You know, it's in the celebrity space. Like you see all these, all the time celebrities, like they get married when they're 54 or, you know, you know, they have kids when they're older and, I think in one way it's like, oh, great. I'm glad that you like got what you wanted, you know, if you wanted that or whatever. But then we also have someone like a Jennifer Aniston who I'm just like, can we just let this woman live her fucking life? Like, and I'm not even like a Jennifer Aniston fan like that, but she is, I feel sad that she will like go down in history as being like, oh, like the, but why didn't she have kids or why couldn't she have, it's like, first of all, why do you care? And secondly, like, and I don't, I mean, who knows what she actually wants out of life, but this idea that she has to like continually tell us, like, I might not want kids, you guys, or like, it's just like, leave her alone. And so I go back to thinking, like, I feel like we need to kind of be telling women when they're younger that like, hey, these actually aren't expectations you need to like, move through life having in your head that you need to accomplish by these certain times. It's just bullshit. 
it's societal packaging. For some reason, everyone feels better when everyone's tied up in a package that they understand, partnered with kids. And I, I don't think that that's the only way that we should be making people feel good about their lives. I don't think those are the only situations that we should be celebrating. But for some reason, that's what we do celebrate. And that's what we hope for. For everyone that we, yeah. like, for everyone we care I about. I think it's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. There, there will be people that I know in my life, probably in my family, that when I do get married, there will be a sigh of relief there. Not a, a moment of joy, but a sigh of fucking relief. And if I do nothing else while I'm alive, I want to get rid of that sigh of relief. And I yeah. just want the joy to remain. Because I wasn't yeah. solving a problem by getting married. I was bringing something great into my life whenever it happened to show up. Um, right. But I, I see the I see the sigh of relief out there in the ether and I don't like it because it means that in the meantime, I was doing something wrong and I don't believe that right. I am. So. Or that you were just like living in some crazy indulgent way. And yeah. I actually, I, I actually have the opposite situation where, you know, my parents, I have a younger sister and marriage and kids was like never brought up to us as a thing to work towards or strive for or whatever. It was always about, you know, working hard and being able to take care of ourselves and, you know, being smart and, you know, being like funny and just being a good person and being able to, you know, self just being Mm self-sufficient and you know that if we met someone along the way and got married or had kids great but I actually had a moment a a couple years ago where I had to ask my parents if they like had feelings about me getting married or had or having kids because it is it's never been a thing that they've brought up to me and it hit me where I was like what if my parents just like secretly have been pining for grandkids or whatever And they've just never brought it up to me for whatever reason. And so I asked both of my parents, who you know, they're not together, but they both said the same thing, which is just like, I don't really like carry the, like, it's up to you. Like, you know, like they aren't, they aren't going to go to their graves, like wishing that they had kids or that they saw me walk down the aisle or whatever. It's just one of those things that they're just like, as long as you're happy, it doesn't really affect us either way. And so which it is cool. Like I, I have a lot of friends who have a lot of, they're under a lot of pressure from their families and I can't imagine. It's like, I put so much pressure on myself about, you know, meeting those benchmarks or whatever. And like, if it was my parents, I, I probably wouldn't even talk to them to be honest. It would just be too much. Um, I like that you got clarity around that for yourself. I think that contributes to us feeling pretty good all the time. My mom is is the biggest supporter of me not wanting to have children. And that is more helpful than she realizes. But it's, um, I I like getting, I like, I guess, getting like that sense of peace around that. Like, that's not what's, that's not where the pressure is coming from. It's more societal and cultural and, and all of that. But um, so my biggest red carpet pet peeve is when they ask women what they're wearing or what anything pertaining to a woman's appearance asked publicly irritates the shit out of me. But what the listeners can't understand right now is that I can see your eyebrows and I need to know, I need to know if there's a secret, if it is, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I would like to know. And I would like you to pass on your eyebrow wisdom to the listeners who will inevitably see them on Instagram and ask me questions. So help me True. out and let's just like circumvent this okay. and, and you, you spill a little bit of tea on the eyebrows. Okay. So 
Um, I, I love that you brought this up. Thank you very much again. So I get my brows threaded about every three weeks. And I currently use a uh, Glossier Boy Brow on them in black, in case, in case anyone's wondering. Um, but it would be irresponsible of me to pretend that it hasn't been a journey because <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, most older millennials, especially those of us who idolized Drew Barrymore, I over-tweezed my eyebrows as a teen and it was a lot of kind of trial and error and mostly patience to get to the brows that I have now. We have so, Jane Magazine you know, to blame for so much. So much. So much. I love Jane so Pratt, much. but like there were some beauty misses throughout. Right. I mean, yes. And I I was, you know, the, the kind of like full brow look came back a few years ago, with like Cara Delevingne and all that. And I was like, okay, I got to get my shit together. I looked like a woolly mammoth. It was horrible. <laughs> it was it was very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. I actually at one point was so fed up that I just got bangs because I was like, I, in order to go through this process and feel comfortable, I'm just going to get bangs to just completely hide the growth. So, you know, if you're in a position where you're trying to grow your brows back, I recommend patience. And if you can't stand how it looks, just get bangs because it, don't give up. You want to just get the bangs and hide them. Um, so I think, so yes, I do feel, I do feel responsible to say that it hasn't all been easy. And I actually, the most upsetting thing is that I was born with just beautiful brows. Yes. But you know, I believe that you were. when you're a kid and you get teased for having like full brows or, uh, you know, a, uh, the, what's it in the middle? Why can't I think of words? Because today? it's Friday and we're tired. Like, that's why it's unibrow that you're looking for. The unibrow. Thank you. So that, you know, that haunts you sometimes. So that, you know, combined with the trend of these very thin eyebrows, I was like, well, fuck it, let's do it. And, <laughs> and it's just, and it's awful. And I remember at one point, my dad was like, what made you? He was like, you had the most beautiful eyebrows. And I'm like, thanks for not, thanks for telling me now. Like, you know what? <laughs> Like my favorite movie, The Wedding Singer. It's like things oh. you could have brought to my attention yesterday. That's one. It was one of those moments. But so yeah, thank you very much. And and you know, it is one of those things where I, you know, we we have to kind of hold on to those things that we feel good about physically. And I feel really good about my eyebrows right now. But it took a lot. It, it was a real. It was a real uphill battle for a while. So. So patience, regular maintenance, a little bit of boy brow, that'll get you there. I'm happy to hear. I have and, bangs, and, and you know why I have bangs, because I don't want to fuck with any eyebrows. Like, that's the rule when I trim my own also, because yeah. I don't trust anyone to hide the brow as well right. as I can. I mean, you're doing, so are you, do you have bangs because you're trying to grow them out or just because you don't want to deal with them in general? I have bangs for two reasons. One, I just think that my face looks better with them. The convenient part is that I don't have to do any kind of eyebrow maintenance whatsoever as a result of having the bangs. If I could show them to you, but you would run away screaming instantaneously. Like, it's just... I just hang up. They are a shame. Like, an absolute shame. I'm like, look at the time. This has been so great. Unfortunately, (laughs) something has suddenly come up. No, I, 
no, I feel you. And I do think that is a very like liberating part about you look, you look great with bangs, but I do think that is the other kind of like bonus to having bangs is yeah. You don't have to go, you don't have to do any maintenance really. No, I, I focus I have, on other things. Like I'm a cheekbones yeah. and like eye makeup kind Love. of girl. Like that's what I want to do. And the brows are just there for my friends. The brows are for my friends. And while I was growing my brows out recently, I, I finally went back into the threading place and the woman looked like she saw a ghost. Like she thought <laughs> she she like thought I died or like moved away. She was just like, where have you been? She was like, do not ever do. She's like, every three weeks, do not ever do this to me again. She was like sweating. I was, it was, <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I just needed a moment. I was trying to grow my brows back for a little while. She was like, don't ever scare me like that again. The brow lady is invested. In, the brow lady wants grandchildren. That's who wants the grandkids is the brow lady yeah. who's very invested in you. I mean, she's, I would say the brow lady, she's pretty much the only one who asked me if I have a boyfriend, truly. Yeah. Only, yeah, she's the only person that, like, asks about my love life, so bless her. She care, She obviously cares so much, which I love. That's so sweet. We should all have a brow lady in our lives. Britt, thank you so, so much for chatting with me. This thank has been you. an absolute pleasure. It makes me happy that I have a podcast because I get to have these conversations on a Friday night, and it makes me yeah. just absolutely happy. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was so much fun and a real dream. Awesome. Thank you.